As Lorna said, we're in a series that's called The Quest. Kind of a subtitle of that is Where Will You Go? And for those of you who are visiting, you're, we're, we're coming towards the, the final weeks of this series. Uh, we started out with God and, and, and the beginning and the Word, and then we had some questions. And I talked about fathers last week, and basically all of those were followed with what we believe about God will determine how we live. What we believe about the beginning, about creation, will determine how we live. What we believe about the Word or the Bible will determine how we live. And, and today, we're honed in on the King, on Jesus Christ. And, and that, that focal point really is what we believe about Jesus will determine how we live our lives. Have you ever met anyone who said things about themselves, and you have to exclude me from this, by the way, have you ever met anyone who said things about themselves that just made you kind of scratch your head and go, this guy is cuckoo? See why I said you had to exclude me, because I've said some things. But the other day I read in a blog, and I was reading about a guy, and he talked about a childhood friend. And he said when he was growing up, he had a childhood friend that told everyone he was a robot from another planet. And the author of this blog said that the sad thing is that, that we believed him as, as fellow kids. You know, we believed him. He said, but then it dawned on me one day, this guy is an 80-pound weakling. Surely they make better robots than that in other planets. I thought, true. Now, on a more serious note, but also talking about people that make you scratch your head and say cuckoo, um, during the early 1990s, there was a cult known as the Heaven's Gate, and they resurfaced, and its leader's name was Marshall Applewhite, and he began recruiting new members uh, for this belief system. And soon after the 1995 discovery of the comet Hale-Bopp, so any of our astronomers, you'll, you'll think on this, the Heaven's Gate members became convinced that an alien spacecraft was on its way to Earth, hidden from human detection behind the Hale-Bopp comet. Now, I'm not making this up. Um, and in 1997, as part of its 4,000-year orbit of the sun, the comet Hale-Bopp passed near Earth in one of the most impressive astronomical events of the 20th century. I remember it because I was a child of the 90s, and it was really cool. But in late March 1997, as hale Bob reached its closest distance to the Earth, Applewhite and 38 of his followers drank a lethal mixture of phenobarbital and vodka, and they lay down to die, hoping to leave their bodily containers and enter the alien spacecraft and pass through Heaven's Gate into a higher existence. Hmm. You know, that, that guy's childhood friend I mentioned was... He was obviously a liar about his space robot origins. And unfortunately, Mr. Applewhite would fall into the category that I would consider a lunatic. You guys are like, whoa, that's harsh. That's judgmental. That's all these things. Yeah, but it's true. Uh, I can forgive the eight-year-old because he's just exaggerating and being a kid. But, but to mislead to the point of, of 40 people basically giving their lives to something that's a lie. Uh, but today I want to talk to you about how what you believe about Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and King, will determine how you live your life. Before we go any further, will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you that, that we can come, that we can sing uh, songs to you, that we can worship you through our tithes and our offerings, that we can remember the sacrifice of your Son through a time of communion. But most of all, I'm, I'm excited today for the opportunity to look at your word and, and to see what it says, and to see how we can respond to it, and how we can use your word to, to sharpen us, to hone us, to, to better prepare us 
to be your hands and feet here on earth. So I pray that you'll just take away any distractions, anything that might be unsettling on our minds or our hearts right now. I pray you'll just take that away, that we won't be concerned about what we're doing later or what we did yesterday or the to-do list we have for work on Monday morning, but that right now we can just focus in on you and on your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Uh, The good news is that Jesus never claimed to be a robot from Mars. And he never claimed to know that a spaceship was coming in for us. But he made some pretty outstanding statements about himself. Now, have you ever thought about the claims that Jesus made for himself? If you just kind of put them all into a statement, it seems kind of out there. After all, this man declared that he came from God. He said to people that the very words he spoke, God had actually told him to speak. And that everything he did, he did according to the commandments of God. He claimed that he would be the final judge of the world. He even claimed that no man could come to God except through him. He also commanded his followers to believe in him, to love him, to obey him, even to sacrifice themselves for him but also to worship him and, if need be, die for him as they would for God. Now, in light of all these things, what are we to think concerning Jesus Christ? And the critical question that Jesus put to the people who followed him, quite simply, was Mark 8, 29. Who do you say that I am? Because the bottom line is this. It doesn't matter what somebody else thinks Jesus is. It does, but ultimately for for you right now, what you have to decide on, what you have to respond to today is that question. Who do you say I am? I am being Jesus, not me. Because most of you say, well, I say you're a loud mouth. And so it's not me. But who do you say Jesus is? And that's what I want you to just think about that one verse as, as we go through these thoughts. You see... What we're to think concerning Jesus Christ, that critical question, who do you say I am, brings us to the things like, you know, he claimed to be God. And and as we face the claims of Christ, as I read through just kind of a nutshell of those, we're brought about to really just about three possibilities about Jesus. And I think that C.S. Lewis said it best when he said, Christ was either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. And today... We're going to look at each one of those statements about Jesus, and and we're going to kind of see what we come up with. Billions of people throughout history have been trying to understand for years, who is this guy named Jesus Christ? His name is derived from the Greek form of the name Jeshua or Joshua, meaning Jehovah Savior or the Lord saves. The title Christ comes from the Greek word Messiah. And almost 2,000 years ago, he entered the human race in a small Jewish community, He was a member of a poor family and a minority group, and he resided in one of the smallest countries in the world. He lived approximately 33 years, of which only the last three did he do what we call his public ministry. So is he a legend? Is he like Bigfoot or a Yeti? No. How do we know that Jesus was an actual historical person? Because we're told through historians, both non-Christian and Christian, That this man, Jesus, healed the sick, raised the dead, caused the blind to see. He helped the mute to speak. He walked on water. He fed thousands of people. He drove out demons and many more miracles. 
He was also crucified. And later, thousands of martyrs have died because they believe that this man rose from the dead in three days. They say he's the only way to heaven. They say he is God in the flesh. They say he is the son of God. And I say he is by far the most influential man that ever lived. You see, our time and our calendar system is calculated by his birth. I kind of think, I thumb my nose at people that talk about they're taking God out of school. Well, they can't. As long as they run the school by a calendar, he's always there. No matter what they call winter break, Christmas, whatever, it's all based on Christ. He never wrote a book, but more books were written about him than anyone else. He never wrote any songs, but more songs were written about him than any other person. He never traveled more than 100 miles from his town, his hometown, yet the name Jesus is known all around the world in some form or fashion. Another unique thing about Jesus is that no other prophet was raised from the dead. The, the scholars, the prophets, the teachers that we think of, that the world thinks of, Muhammad, Gandhi, Moses, Buddha, any other prophet didn't raise from the dead, and none of them ever claimed to be God in the flesh. So why is it that this name, more than the name of any other religious leader, causes irritation when we talk about Jesus? Why does he make us uncomfortable? Because he claimed things. He claimed to be God. He claimed to rise from the dead. He claims to be the only way to heaven. But what backs up those statements? I like, I stumbled across this quote from a man named Otto Betz, B-E-T-Z. And he said this about Jesus. No serious scholar has ventured out to claim that Jesus was a non-historical character. They've tried to, to talk about how the Bible contradicts itself. And, uh, but, but no serious scholar has ever said that Jesus wasn't a true historical character. And I want to look at a couple of references from history from secular authorities talking about Jesus and his existence. And by secular, I mean pagan. I mean, they didn't like Jesus. They were non-Christians. They were even generally anti-Christian. I found many. I picked out my three favorites, and I just want to share some, some stuff with you from these three men. The first one comes from Cornelius Tacitus. He lived in AD 50 to 120. He was a Roman historian. He lived through the reign of over a half a dozen Roman emperors. He was called the greatest historian of ancient Rome. All right, so he's got some credentials here. And here's what he does. First off, he misspells Christ. He spells it as Christus. Come to find out that was a common error made by pagan writers. But he makes this quote. He said, the persons called Christians who were hated for their enormities, Christus, the founder of the name, was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procurator of Judea in the region of Tiberias. Here's a non-Christian person letting us know, one, Jesus was real. Two, he was put to death by Pontius Pilate. I'm like, wow. How is it the world clings to all these uh, secular people except when they say something like that? They don't, they don't want you to know that. The next one is, is, is uh, Lucian of Samosata. He's a Greek satirist of the latter half of the second century. And he spoke scornfully of Christians. That's what it says in his biography. And he spoke scornfully of Christ, never assuming or arguing that they were unreal, just always talking bad about them. And here's what he says. He said, the Christians you know worship a man to this day. The distinguished personage who introduced their novel rights and who was crucified on that account. 
He goes on to say, you see, these misguided creatures start with the general conviction that they are immortal for all time, which explains the contempt of death and voluntary self-devotion, which is so common among them. All these they take quite on faith, with the results that they despise all worldly goods alike, regarding them merely as common property. No discussion about whether Jesus was real or not, or whether Christians should or shouldn't follow him, but just straight up facts from a non-believer of what was going on back then. The next one's my favorite. So I saved him for last. Josephus ben Mattathias, born A.D. 37. He died after 100 A.D. He was a Jewish historian. He did not believe in Jesus as the Son of God. He actually, later on, he left his Jewish rebel troops and joined the emperor's inner circle. He writes in his Jewish antiquities, a passage occurs that has created many debates among scholars even today. Because Josephus is a non-Christian Jew and he makes these statements about Jesus that an Orthodox Jew could not or would not affirm. And here's what he says. Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it would be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works. This is not a Christian. All right. He was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew to him both many of the Jews and many Gentiles. Hey, I've read some of this in the Bible. He was the Christ. And when Pilate, at suggestion of the principal men among us, he's calling out the Jewish leaders right there, has condemned him to the cross. Those who loved him, at the first, did not forsake him. This, this is the part that gets you goosebumps right here. For he appeared to them alive again the third day. This is not a Christian trying to substantiate who Jesus Christ is. This was just a Jewish historian who wrote the facts. I love that. He appeared to them alive again the third day. As a divine prophets have foretold. These and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him. He just called all the stuff that Jesus did wonderful things. I love it. And the tribe of Christians, I like that he calls us a tribe. The tribe of Christians so named for him are not extinct at this day. And then all these years later, here we are, a tribe of Christians still not extinct. That's amazing. There's tons of sources that, I, that I, was, I was getting wrapped up in, that I wanted to share. But for the sake of time, I picked those three. But I challenge you to go and look for some of this because it's really amazing what they don't teach us in history anymore. There's more than enough evidence just right here to help me understand that Jesus walked on this earth. Not to mention the fact that the birth of Christianity came from someone. And as we see, it was Jesus Christ. So the questions are this. Is he a liar? Is he a lunatic? Or is he our Lord? First off, one possibility is that Jesus lied. When you look at it, when he said that he was God, well, first off, if he knew he wasn't God, then he was a hypocrite because he told other people to be honest. See? So you see how that works? It's kind of a paradox. It's a catch-22. It doesn't work well. He told people to be honest. And, and if he was, said he was God but he wasn't, he was a fool because it was his claims to being God that led to his crucifixion. Most people might lie a little bit. I might even have been known to exaggerate a story for good telling purposes. I know, but that's not really lying. That's just getting the point across. 
I'll tell you when I'm straight up lying. Right? <laughs> I don't have a good poker face. <laughs> but nobody's going to lie to the point that you're going to beat them and mock them and terrorize them and hang them on a cross. Nobody's going to carry a lie that far. At some point, they're going to go, eh, it's not worth the beating. I was just messing with y'all. I wanted to be God, but I really wasn't. He doesn't do that. The only thing is, and, and, and you can go back to the first sermon that I preached on here about, about our God quest and about in the beginning and what you believe about the beginning will determine how you live your life. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God says this, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. There you go. Who's the our? Who's, who's the we here? Right there, what you believe about the beginning, about Genesis, about creation, will determine how you live your life. And right here, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. I love that. Jesus has been a part of God's plan from the very beginning. A few weeks ago, I told you that what you believed about creation would determine how you live your life. It continues, it says, let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Jesus pointed to his own works as proof of his divinity. He spoke about these things during his ministry. He turned water into wine. He stilled the storms just by saying, peace, be still. He walked on water. He healed the sick. He cleansed the lepers. He fed the hungry. He raised the dead. And wherever the true message of Jesus has gone, these are the things that have sprung up. New life, new hope, new purpose for living. Those have been the results of what he said. Who do you say that he is? This gospel has not only converted individuals, it's changed society. On every mission field, the message of Jesus Christ has established standards of hygiene and purity. It's promoted industry. It's elevated womanhood. It's, it's brought women up to where they should be. It, it's, it's also abolished cannibalism. It's abolished human sacrifice. It's abolished cruelty. It, it's organized famine relief. It's changed the social structure of society. Jesus, without writing a single line has set more pens in motion and furnished themes for more songs, sermons, discussions, works of art than the whole army of great men, ancient and modern times included. Who do you say that he is? He was born in a manger. He was crucified as a criminal. Now he controls a spiritual empire that embraces one third of the inhabitants of the world. Are you willing to follow a liar? Neither am I. And he's not one. He has accomplished more good for, for mankind than anyone who has ever lived. And if his claims are false, a lie has accomplished more good than the truth. But the problem is they're not false. From the very outset of his ministry to its conclusion, he constantly stated he never hid who he was. He constantly stated that he was the son of God and that he was the savior of the world. Now, either those claims were true or they were false. If he is the son of God and the savior of the world, it's blasphemy and nonsense for us to talk about him as just a mere teacher 
or philosopher. This is an option he didn't leave open to us. You need to make a choice. Who do you say he is? But I'll tell you this, at heart, I'm as much of a conspiracy theorist as the next guy. So I got to thinking, maybe Jesus was just crazy. Like the kid who said he was a robot. Maybe Jesus was like the ancient world version of Murdoch from the A-Team. You know who I'm talking about. You know, the thing about Murdoch, everybody thought he was a lunatic, but really he was brilliant. It was all just a disguise. But what about Jesus? Was he just a lunatic? Was he just out there and, and, whoa, cuckoo? Was Jesus such a person? Here's the thing. The closer we look at the life of Christ, the more difficult it is to find abnormality and imbalance that's found in most deranged people. See, that's what you'll find in lunatics is abnormality and, and an imbalance. Here in Christ, we find meekness without weakness. We find holiness without hypocrisy. We find power without pride and arrogance. We find suffering without self-pity. We find success without self-seeking. We find a love that knows no limit, even in the face of death. Again, if Jesus were crazy, then I would like to see the whole world become affected with his kind of insanity. Because that's impressive. Now we're seeing here that Jesus is more than legend. He's not a liar. He's not a lunatic. There's only one thing left. And C.S. Lewis also said this about Jesus. He said, A man who was merely a man and said the kind of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. C.S. Lewis later says, You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us and he did not intend to. He is more than that. And I don't know about you, but I choose to fall at his feet. And not only call him Lord and God, but live my life as an act of worship to him. Who do you say he is? Lord, it's the only other logical alternative left open to us. Jesus spoke the truth. He is who he claimed to be, God in the flesh, the God-man, the Savior, and Lord of sinners. Your response to the question of Jesus' identity is vital. Your response to that question, who do you say I am? It's, It's vital to the rest of your life. You cannot simply put him on a shelf as a good man or a great moral teacher. He has not left that option for us. Either he is who he claimed to be or he isn't. Who is Jesus to you? Is he a liar, a lunatic, or is he Lord? Your life on this earth and for all eternity is affected by your answer to this question. The Apostle John wrote, These things have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. Oh, amen to that. We've come to our response time. I hope that what you've heard here today about Jesus helps, helps you to take away any doubt or questions that you may have had. 
and we're really just scratching the surface. But I want to encourage you, if you've not responded to the message of love and forgiveness and grace, I want to encourage you to do that as we sing. Jesus said that no one comes to the Father except through him. And he also said in John that he is preparing a place for us. And I don't know about you, but I want to see that place. I want to go to heaven and I want to take as many people with me as I can. The first step is hearing the word of God and then believing what you've heard, repenting of your sins and confessing that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and then baptism. It's symbolic of us dying to our old self, our old ways. Just as Christ died for us and rose again, we come up out of that water new and refreshed and forgiven of our sins. And we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. No longer our own, we then live for Christ. Are you ready to do that? Who do you say he is? I'll tell you this. In today's society, following Jesus is a radical thing to do. So whatever your response to his word is today, I pray that you will do it boldly. And maybe you're already a Christian and you simply find yourself in need of prayer and, and encouragement for whatever season it is that you're going through. Our elders are here. And they'll gladly pray with you. If you'd like to partner with Huntsville Christian Church and, and join with us as we impact our community and share with the world who we say Jesus is. This is a good time for that as well. But remember this. Whatever you decide, you have made a response. So won't you come face to face with his claims. Embrace this Jesus of Nazareth as your Lord and Savior. And find life in his name. Will you stand and sing with us? And if you have a response on your heart, don't leave here keeping it there. <laughs>